When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It is late night Saturday when I'm recording this. The apps just beat the Kraken earlier this afternoon, though. Obviously, the green and gold game, which was a lot of fun. A little bit chilly, but certainly fine attendance for a spring game. It was cool to see everybody that participated in the grit run. I think they raised about 40K, which is just awesome and a testament to this community and the, the way that y'all get back. But yeah, the spring game was great. I'm going to get into the takeaways on this pod here. I know you're probably not going to hear a ton of talk about the CSU spring game on the local TV outlets or, you know, various other news stations. I don't know. I'm not trying to single anybody out or make any direct shots at anybody, but the the circus was in town in Boulder and everybody certainly had their eyes set on that, at least outside of our CSU community here. But, you know, I'm, I'm really optimistic about the direction of this program in Fort Collins. I think the locker room is in a great spot. I think there's talent on this roster with more on the way. But before we get into everything, I just wanted to say that I understand it can be kind of annoying when you see all of the the attention that CU is getting at the moment. I just can't help but roll my eyes when I see some of the unwarranted hype regarding, you know, them being a top 25 team or Shador being a Heisman candidate or something. That's all just asinine. But we all knew this is what it was going to be when they hired Deion Sanders. I was talking to Sean Keeler of the Denver Post, and I kind of asked him what it's like working on that beat. And he just laughed and said, it's really weird. It's kind of like if Snoop Dogg was your head coach, and it is just in the way that he conducts himself. And obviously, his celebrity status is just really unique. It's not like any other coaching situation in the country. But as exciting as all that flash is, and don't get me wrong, it, it is exciting, especially if that is your team. We would totally eat that up if if the roles were reversed. But the best programs, they celebrate their wins in the fall, not the spring. And frankly, comparison is just the thief of joy, especially in this situation. Because guys, the Rams just aren't going to get the national love right now that CU is. It just isn't going to happen. It's an apples and oranges situation. But just because your spring game isn't on TV does not mean that what CSU is doing right now isn't substantial. It doesn't mean that they're not on the right track. But I get the frustration. I really do. The one-sided coverage is basically what led me to 
join this industry in the first place and try and create content for CSU fans. But just keep going forward. Just keep going forward and ignore the noise. And I'll say it one more time. The best programs celebrate their wins in the fall, not the spring. All right. In just a second here, I'm going to play some audio from Jay Norvell's statement, kind of talking about the spring game, the format, why he likes it. Then we'll talk about some of the offensive takeaways, the defensive takeaways, and then we'll wrap up with some player audio from Clay Millen and Jack Howell. I am sorry for the delay on the recruiting news. I thought the announcement would have come by now. So I I get that folks are frustrated. I feel like they've been teased for a couple of days now. That was not intentional. Usually this ends up being like a 24-hour process tops and we're well past that. I think it's like three and a half days now. But I'm just trying to be respectful to the players and give them an opportunity to make their own life announcements. I don't think that's I don't think that's a the wrong thing to do. It is news and it is newsworthy and I'll certainly talk about it plenty. But I just don't believe in taking away that moment from them for media clout, for clicks, for Twitter attention, which is basically what that would be. It'd be for selfish reasons. And I guess I might get scooped on this. You know, some other national outlet, maybe we'll get this same piece of information and they're not going to care about how it impacts the players or being respectful to them and they'll just put it, put it out. But I just, I don't want to operate that way. And so I hope that even if you guys are frustrated by the situation, at the very least, you can understand where I'm coming from and respect the principle of the this situation. But let's move on. Let's talk some spring football. Let's hear some audio from Norvell, from Clay Millen, Jack Howell. Let's get into the takeaways of it all. Real quick, though, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even uh, our favorite beer sleeve, which is an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and use the code DNVR to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That is pinsandaces.com. Additionally, professional rugby has returned to Rugby Town USA as your hometown American Raptors have begun its sixth match homestand against six South American rugby teams that make up the brand new Super Rugby Americas competition. You can find their full schedule at AmericanRaptors.com. And what's even better is our guy, Colton Strickler, has it all covered for you. Colton has the weekly DNVR rugby podcast, which is a great way to keep up with the sport and everything that's happening, but also just learn about it. He has these Rugby 101 podcasts, which are a great way for sports fans that want to learn more to really learn everything in a way that's not overwhelming or too much information. He really nails it. There's exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches. Colton provides betting advice. Uh, There's going to be watch parties for the matches this year. It's awesome. And what's also awesome is the price. Tickets are just $10. Children 12 and under are free. And if you can't make it, watch all of the American Raptors matches live on ESPN+. Plus. See you in Rugby Town, USA. Uh, good to see everybody. Um, hard to believe spring's over with already. Uh, 15 practices went really fast. Um, was really, really uh, just pleased how we finished today. Uh, I thought guys were, were focused and sharp and we had a good day's work in. Um, I, I like the format we do with the, 
playing an actual game. I just think it gives our guys an opportunity to get some experience in front of people and have to play in a game situation. Um, I've just been very pleased all spring with our offensive line. I think we've improved there tremendously. I think we've got a core of guys that are really accountable, uh, that work hard every day and try to do the things that we've been able to do. We've been able to run the ball consistently all spring and it starts there um, and protect the quarterback. Uh, but Clay's showed a lot of progress this spring. I love our new tight ends. I think they really are adding to what we have. And um, and I think our defense has progressed. Uh, you know, we're adding more skilled players in the back end uh, that can take the ball away. And, um, and so that's exciting. So uh, overall, just really like our attitude of our football team. I think we're heading in the right direction. And, and we're going to add a whole bunch of guys here this summer. I mean, I think we got 43 scheduled to come in right now and we'll probably add another half a dozen to that. So really excited about where we're going. All right. That was Jay Norvell's intro statement from after the spring game this afternoon. A lot of info in there. We'll kind of double down on some of it. But before we get into the offensive and defensive takeaways specifically, I was just going to give you guys some information about the format, talk about some of the guys that were missing. Um, the format pits the ones versus the twos and threes, the twos and threes, a.k.a. the world start with a 21-0 lead. It is a 60-minute scrimmage. The first 30 minutes are traditional with the way that the clock operates, so it, it stops. And then for the final 30 minutes, it's just a continuous running clock, regardless of what happens, incomplete pass, penalty, you name it. It's just going to keep going. And it also should be noted that over those final 30 minutes, there's a lot more players switching. It's not necessarily the ones versus the twos and threes anymore. So it's it's really the first 30 minutes where you get the best look at a real game format with the ones versus the twos. And even then I say real game format, but the format inherently favors offense just because you can't really go 100% in practice as a defensive player. Like, what are you going to do? Blow up the receiver or, you know, hit the QB. I mean, if anything, if especially at this stage of the season in camp, your defense is dominating consistently that's usually a pretty telling sign that your offense is going to be terrible. And that was the case with CSU last year is the case with the Broncos the last couple of years. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is I just, I haven't talked a ton about the defense in my takeaways piece. And that's not because I'm trying to avoid it or something like that. It's more just because of the reasons I just listed. And because of the fact that the starting defense was missing multiple guys that are going to be starting and or playing significant roles. You don't have Chiggy at corner. You don't have Drew Kulik at linebacker. Um, Kennedy McDowell was out. Matt Thomas was out. New Eric Atqua was out. All of those guys are going to be a big part of the defensive line rotation. So I just think trying to come away with some big hot take on the defensive side would be silly because the format favors offense. You're missing a bunch of guys that are going to be starting. On top of that, you have even more players coming to campus this summer. Norvell said it in the statement. As of now, 43 players. And it's going to be well over 50 by the time it's all said and done. So it's just all important context to factor into the equation. And just because I'm not hyping them up, it's not like I thought they had a bad day or anything. They they stopped the twos from moving the ball, which is what you'd expect. Anyways, I'll talk more about the defense at the end before we play some audio from Jack Howell. 
and Clay Millen. But I just wanted to throw that out there at the beginning. Starting with the offensive takeaways at QB, Clay Millen, really sharp. You can just see he has better chemistry with the other receivers on the roster. Torrey Horton has been non-contact throughout the spring. He did not participate on Saturday. We asked Clay about that afterwards. You know, he said, obviously, it's disappointing whenever Torrey's not out there. But at the end of the day, it's been good for him to to fo- be forced to continually work with Justice Ross Simmons, with Lewis Brown, with Dallin Holker. And encouragingly, it's producing results. We saw it last weekend. We saw it today as well. Millen finished 11 of 16 for 183 yards. These are unofficial stats, by the way, just kind of kept by Kevin Lytle and I. I had a 29-yard touchdown pass to sophomore wide receiver Lewis Brown. There was also a 64-yard screen pass early in the day where Clay kind of bought some time, got it off to Justice, who was then able to make a couple of guys open miss or make a couple of guys miss in the open field, nearly housed it, set up the first touchdown of the day, two-yard rush by Van Shield. We'll talk more about him in a sec, but it's just really good to see him comfortable with Justice Ross Simmons, especially with Lewis Brown. Makai Fox was back out there. I think Dallin Holker can be an all-conference type tight end. I think that Vincent Brown is going to be big. He had a one-handed touchdown grab, also had about a 27-ish yard catch up the seam. That's exactly what you envision when you bring a player like him into the mix. And that's a huge part of what was missing with the offense last season is just not being able to take advantage when those safeties would shadow over the top so they could just get away with doubling Torrey repeatedly. And you had all this space in the middle of the field. CSU never took advantage of it. We're going to see the Rams take advantage so much more this year because it's not just going to all be about Torrey. Torrey is going to have a monster year. Jay said it himself. He's the best wide receiver in the Mountain West, and I completely agree. But if you go back even a couple of years ago when CSU kind of branded that wide receiver you slogan and they were sending guys to the league, it was never just one guy. It was Rashard Higgins and Joe Hansley and Charles Lovett, actually. And then after that, you know, you had Gallup and BC. And then you threw Preston Williams into that mix as well. And that trio was insane. You've got to have multiple weapons in the arsenal if you're going to be lethal. That's what it comes down to. You can't be a one-trick pony, and CSU was a one-trick pony last year. If they weren't getting to the ball to Tory over the top, it just was not happening. And it was a wonky situation. It's not like you can pin the, the blame on Clay or anything like that. Obviously, the offensive line and the injuries and the lack of continuity played a factor. The fact that they had all those veteran receivers leave in the first month after the staff had invested all this time in them in the spring and all of fall camp. And now all of a sudden you're trying to rely on true freshmen that have been on campus for about five weeks and are, you know, still getting the the grasp of the playbook. It was a bad situation all around. And as the year went on, we saw some of those guys get more comfortable. You saw Lewis Brown start to make some plays. Justice Ross Simmons especially came on strong. And I think he's going to have a huge year, but I think Clay said it best and it's just been really valuable because he's going to click with Tori as soon as as soon as he gets back. Those two have great rapport. They've been thrown together for multiple years now. Him not being completely active in spring ball does not matter. But Clay getting all these increased reps with Justice, with LB, with Makai Fox, with Dallin and, and Vincent Brown and Jordan Williams and all these guys, Demir Abdullah, that's huge. And all of those guys that I just listed made a catch at some point today from either Clay or Jackson Stratton. There weren't a ton of deep shots in this one. Lewis Brown had about a 26-yard touchdown. Really great throw from Clay. Just dropped it in a bucket where the DB couldn't get it. Nice grab by LB in the end zone as well. 
a lot of quick stuff, um, some screens that were a lot more effective than when the Rams tried to run them last year. They were able to work the middle of the field a little bit with those tight ends. But honestly, I was somewhat surprised by how much they actually ran the football considering they didn't have any active scholarship running backs. I should add that Keegan Hollis suffered a knee injury. Sounds like he's going to be out for quite some time. I don't know if that's a full-blown ACL or something like that. Uh, but from the the sound of it, it's it's serious and they're not going to have him for quite some time. Avery Morrow's ongoing court situation is still going on as well. Don't have any answers or update as far as what his status with the team will be. From what I've heard, it could go to trial. I don't know what that means, if that's bad for him, good for him. But we'll follow it as it develops. Uh, that said, with no active scholarship running backs, it was again Van Shield, the converted defensive back, playing that de facto lead running back role. He ran really hard. Only by my count, got tackled behind the line of scrimmage twice, and he had 20-plus carries, had well over 100 yards, had like 85 in the first half, and then we stopped uh, keeping track once the clock started running and they started mixing up the groups. But he had a three-touchdown day. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he runs hard. He's clearly an impressive athlete. And while I don't want to get too carried away or anything like that and be like, Van Shield for running back one, you know, maybe at this point, he's earned some type of role. Maybe he can get on the field in a specialized package here and there, get on the, the field as a gunner on special teams. I don't know. But he was a cool story, and I think it was neat to see somebody rewarded with a big day in the spring game especially someone who's probably not going to get like a ton of glory in the actual season. That's what spring ball is all about. Getting those guys an opportunity to get their moment, especially the dudes that bust their tails Van shield most certainly does that staff has had nothing but great things to say about him. So that was cool to see. Um, before I move on, talk about the O line should add that I do think Jackson Stratton has pretty much cemented himself as the quarterback two on the depth chart. We'll see, you know, come August, but that's my opinion. I feel strongly about it so much so that I think there's probably going to be some uh, movement in that room. I think we'll have a transfer out or two before September, but yeah, just based on the reps, Jackson Stratton got the first opportunity. He's most consistently been the the number two guy all spring. It, it really seems like it's him. The last thing I wanted to say as far as the offense goes before I play some audio of Jane Norvell talking about this starting five and just kind of how they've lived up to all of the challenges the staff has thrown at them and then also talking about the lack of depth behind them and how they're still trying to improve the two deep there and at a few other positions. I'll just say that it seems like th this starting five of Savion Henderson at left tackle, Oliver Jervis at left guard, Jacob Gardner at center, uh, Tavis Teodi at right guard and then Drew Moss at right tackle have really made a good impression. Their work ethic is is rock solid. They've been consistent with their performance. They only allowed one sack today. Got good traction in the run game. You know, I I'm hyping up Van Shield. I, I think he's a really cool story, but the fact that they were able to run the ball the the way that they were and the way that they have all spring, that's a testament to those big guys up front and the work they're doing in the trenches. And while I do want to take all these results with a grain of salt, I don't want to get too carried away, be like, oh man, this is the best O-line ever. All their problems are fixed because they're not. CSU got none of that last spring. So it is encouraging, especially against the defensive line, which is by far the deepest group on the team. So here's Jay Norvell talking about that starting five and how impressed he's been with them and, and the work they put in this spring. And then Jay also answering my question about 
the uh, apparent lack of depth behind those starting five and how they're working to improve that. The O-line, it seems like every time we've been out here, you've been talking about that. How encouraging, you mentioned the consistency, but to do it not just here and there, but yeah. uh, pretty frequently. I just think they've been real consistent this spring. We put a lot of pressure on them to just uh, be consistent. And, and uh, we're really very specific of what we're asking them to do. And we're, we want to give them some core things to just continue to repeat and do. And we want to run the ball. We want to be physical up front. We've really been emphasizing those techniques. And uh, they've responded. You know, I, you know, Savion Henderson, I'm really proud of him. I'm really proud of Oliver Jervis. He gives us a lot of maturity up front. You know, Jacob's been amazing. He's he's. It's so different having him in the middle of the line of scrimmage and the comfort level that Clay has him being in there is just different. Um, a lot of our pressures and sacks came up the middle last year, and uh, it's just it's just solidified with Jacob being inside. You know, we moved Tavis Tuioti to to right guard, and he's had a really good spring. And then Drew Moss is a guy that's played a lot of football, you know, and um, he battles. He's athletic. This this group is in shape, and I'm just proud of them the way that they've played all spring and you know we got a pretty good defensive front that we have to block I mean you know Grady Kelly and, and Cam Barito and and Mo Camara those guys are tough and so to be able to, to block those guys this this summer and be consistent um, has been encouraging and and uh, I think Clay's growing up too um, just you know his ability to get the ball out uh, and, and understand pressure and and not hold that our young receivers are, you know, growing up, uh, you know, Lewis Brown and Justice Ross Simmons, they've had really strong springs. And so that's really encouraging step for us. We've heard a lot about the starting five offensive line and those guys have been pretty consistent. What have you seen from the guys below them? It's, it's, um, you know, it's, we, we, we have a hole in our team and our roster and really it's, it's the backup linemen, um, we just we don't have a lot of guys there that have the the size and the body type that we need. And, uh, you know, we brought some JC guys in. It'll be here in the summer. We're still recruiting a couple, to be honest with you. And we're not at the point in our program yet where we have too deep at every position. And we're spending a lot of time in practice getting these guys ready. And, and we're not quite there yet in the offensive line. And so we still have some growth there. Uh, same thing at wide receiver. We don't have a lot of depth with our twos. Um, and so we got to continue. We got six guys coming in this summer. We got another six or seven linemen coming in. So um, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. And, um, you know, I think it's the same in our secondary on defense. You know, we, our starters are really experienced, but our backup guys just don't have that. And so, we're striving to get to a point where we've got two deep at every position of guys that can play. And, um, you know, we, we should go a long ways towards that with this class coming in. And so that's just going to help our competitiveness. It should make everybody better. All right. I'm going to wrap up here, talk a little bit about the defense, and then I'm going to play some audio of Jack Howell and Clay Millen answering questions about the spring game the progress that's been made, all of that. Real quick, though, it is NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place a same-game parlay on an NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you're going to get a bonus bet back up to $10. Maybe you want to design an SGP and fade the Giannis-less Bucks, or maybe you want to bet on Roddy stepping up big for the Grizzlies, the, the Nuggets to sweep the Timberwolves, whatever. You can do all kinds of fun stuff. Just make sure you're doing it with the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 878-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That is 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Kansas, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And see state-specific responsible gambling resources. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for an outdoor adventure. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they'll have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. And again, if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Finally, everybody's favorite time of the week. Got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. And admittedly, I'm going with my heart a little bit here, which is something I generally try and avoid when it comes to betting unless I feel very confident and I just think that the Nuggets took Minnesota's soul the other night. Because of that, I am betting on the Nuggets to cover the four-point spread and sweep the Minnesota Timberwolves. You can get that at minus 110 odds. Feel pretty good about it. I have all the respect in the world for Anthony Edwards. That dude is a dog. One of the best players in the... Or one of the best up-and-coming players in the league, and I'm really excited about his future. That said, Cat, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. The year the nugget is upon us, and I think Denver is going to get through this series with the clean sweep. Nuggets cover the four-point spread, minus 110 odds. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week. All right. Like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because I want to get you to that player audio, but I am really excited about the secondary. You knew that it was going to be stacked with Blackburn and Howell coming back and Aiden Hector and then Chiggy electing to put off his NFL future for a year as well. But I think some of these guys they brought in Ron Harge from Oregon state. I'm really, really excited about Dom Morris, the Furman transfer. I've heard some good stuff about Grayson. 
I think they're going to be really important additions to the secondary. And I think they drastically upgrade CSU's coverage possibilities. Now, the depth behind them, fairly unproven, not so sure about at this point. And I think that will be one of the areas CSU targets. I already saw that they offered a a former Utah safety who's kind of a hybrid DB type guy that I think you could move around a little bit. I am excited though. And I think that the future of that secondary knock on wood, assuming people can stay healthy. And you could say that about literally every position. If they still stay healthy, you could add that qualifier. They'll be very, very good. The defensive line is going to be awesome. Missing quite a few guys today that are going to contribute, but just the depth there is is so significant. At linebacker, the Rams are definitely thin. I'm pretty excited about Chase Wilson this season. I think Drew Kulik can be really effective as well, but he's been dinged up of late. Not having him was definitely noteworthy, but that's definitely another position that I could see CSU trying to target this summer with a transfer if they could maybe add a veteran. You can just never have enough team speed and guys that can tackle in the middle of your field, especially when you are running a 4-2-5 and you only have the two true linebackers out there. But yeah, I think the state of the defense is pretty good overall. I think they could use some depth, you know, at the, the two and three deep outside of the defensive line. I'm not so sure the depth is, is stellar, but I think the starting lineup is going to be really, really good, especially with Freddie Banks being back. So I'm really excited. Don't get too carried away with spring ball, but it is what it is. We're going to wrap up here, play some audio from Clay Millen and Jack Howell. Shout out to all of you for continually supporting the content. Appreciate everybody that came out to the DMVR bar for I Love CSU Day earlier this week. Hope you all enjoyed this pod. Hope you enjoy these player interviews here coming up. Much love, y'all. Peace. Clay, thoughts on how the offense fared today? Yeah, I think we started out uh, super hot. I think we we scored really quickly on the first two drives. And then kind of in the middle, we had some some you know, delay games, a couple, couple things we'd like to clean up, but overall, I mean, I think it was a good day. I mean, you know, going, going into today's scrimmage, I wanted to score in every possession and we didn't do that. So that's something that'll be a focus. And, uh, but overall, I think it was a good day. Encouraging that you guys were able to run the football, especially given you know, active scholarship running backs. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think our offense line's done a great job this spring. Uh, we've got a lot of new guys. I'm really excited about them. And in band day, he ran the ball a lot. So he did a great job with that too. So, so everything with the offense line and Dan today, they did a great job running the ball. Jack, for, for the defense, what were kind of your you know, focuses, <laughs> goals today, and, and how did you feel you accomplished that? Yeah, um, started out a little slow, but you know, started picking it up and started giving a little bit of a rhythm. And um, you know, we went we went into this focused on you know they can't score any points, and um, you know we fell short on that today, but uh, tackled good, and we're having a big emphasis on. You know, tackling with a lower pad level, and um, you know, I think that showed up. And uh, I think our our corners, we got a lot of new corners, and they played a lot, uh, played really good, and took away the fade ball. So I was I was happy with how everyone played. How much has the spring for you guys, with it being such a veteran group, been more about kind of fine tuning and refining things? Uh, you know, as opposed to like last year when obviously you're learning it all. Right. Yeah, it's huge. Just the difference. I know for me personally, between this year and last year, I didn't really know what was going on last year, and you know, this year it's just. If you do mess up, you know right away what you're supposed to do, and it's just fine-tuning things, where to fit, and um, you know just little things, practicing better technique, and it's nice not having to worry about what you're doing instead of how you're doing it. Kind of off of that, you said at the beginning of the spring, one of the things you were focusing on is not just understanding what the secondary is doing, mm-hmm. but really where everybody on the field is. Right. Do you feel like you've had 
accomplish that, like just knowing exactly where everybody's going to be. Yeah, I think I think I've definitely improved a lot. You know, uh, all credit to Coach Banks right there, and you know, pushing me in that aspect. But um, you know, I think I still have a little bit of work on um, you know what the D line's doing and some of the stunts that they're running. But you know, um, really improved on understanding what where the backers are fitting, and that's helped me a lot. And um, you know, what to communicate communicate to the corners and uh, the other safety. For you, how how different does the offense feel where it is? You know, this time compared to after this game last year. Yeah, I think it's a lot different. I think we're, you know, we're moving the ball a lot quicker. I think we're we're snapping plays quicker. We're doing a lot more tempo stuff, which is really good for our offense. I think there's way more of a comfort this year. You know, I think especially last year in the summer, you know, we had all freshman wide receivers out there. I mean, I was a young guy trying to figure some things out, and I feel like there's just a way more of a comfort. You know, there's a core of the offense now, and I I feel way more comfortable back there. And um, you know, I think that today there was. There was one or two sacks, which has been a big emphasis, and I think that I've got to get the ball out quicker with that. But, you know, we've had two scrimmages where we've been been going against the one defense, and we've only had one sack during those scrimmages, so that's been really good. But I think the biggest emphasis still coming the summer will be continue to just not have any negative plays and avoid sacks, which is on me. So just got to get the ball out quick, and that'll be something we just got to keep on focusing on. Obviously, obviously you'll be happy when Tori's, you know, back full go, but in mm-hmm. ways have been useful of, you know, just – Further, um, I guess, increasing you know, reps of guys like Justice and LB and Dallin and you know, bid some of those guys. Yeah, I think obviously Tory being out is disappointing, but I think that at the, end, at the end of the day, it's been kind of good for me to get a chance to go throw to guys like LB, Justice, and Dallin. And it really gives me a chance all spring to get really comfortable with them because I know as soon as Tory gets back in, you know, we'll click, we'll click instantly again. Um, so this, this just gave me a great chance to get a feel for all my other guys, see what they can do. Um, they're all playmakers and get comfortable with them. So I think it's been a great spring just to get to throw to them and get really comfortable with them. You've already alluded to it some, but what can you say about the starting offensive line and just how they performed and how big it's been to have some continuity and just the same five guys for a week at a time? Yeah, I think there's kind of a different mentality with our offense line. I think they're they're trying to they're showing a lot of pride with the offense line. You know, I think that they're Jacobs now at center now. You know, he's the leader of that group and he's he's just a great guy to have at your center that can go point things out. He's smart, he's a great player. Um so I think there's a whole just different mentality, you know, with the offense line. They're really prideful about moving the football. They want to score and we don't score, you know, they're upset about that, which which is a good thing because we as an offense and it starts with me, and I didn't score nearly enough points last year. And if, if we come off the field and we didn't score, we should be disappointed about that and, and not act like that's normal. So I think there's just a whole different mindset, and we got a lot of great guys at our offensive line. Clay, you already talked a little bit about Justice, but how about that play early on in the Green and Gold game today? He caught it, had some good speed, and then he got some blocks from teammates, and then he had some patience to get down the long yard line. Yeah, Justice is really a guy that's matured, and he really understands the offense, and he's just a guy that makes plays. You know, he's he was a true freshman last year that played last year, and now he'll be a full year older, so he's going to be a lot better. Um, I'm really excited about him. He's a guy that I feel like every single time I see man coverage, I feel really comfortable throwing it up to him. Same with LB, and so uh, both those guys, true freshman last year, they'll be sophomores now, and they're going to be a lot better, and they've, they've had a great spring, so I'm really excited about them. Yeah, how about LB? I mean, he really showed up today. Yeah, he's a guy too. Like both of them. Anytime I see man, I'm just thinking fade them right away. Um, so I trust them on any route, and I feel like they can go beat anyone in man coverage against them. And uh, they're big. They're targets that they got. They're they're rangy, so I can put the ball in a lot of places. And they'll go make a play. 
And just Jack, from your perspective, defensively, mm. what kind of progress have you seen from the offense? Has it been more challenging trying to stop them now than you know maybe at the end of last season? Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like last year, you know, it's kind of just Tory, and you know, we take down Tory, and, and we're good. But um, Jay Ross and LB have you know definitely came on as a huge threat. So taking away them and then Dallin has been an awesome addition to the offense. And I know personally I have to guard him a lot and, you know, that's not easy. He gives me glimpses of Trey. So, um, you know, and then our backup Titans, Jordan and um, Vance have been, been a great addition as well. I imagine that's going to be nice for you just being able to attack the middle of the field again. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of trust that, and uh, we've emphasized that too. So we put a lot of work into it. And uh, I feel really comfortable with our tight ends. And I think that this year, if teams want to play split coverage, you know, we're going to have those tight ends going down the middle and they'll be great targets to have. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly. Like-